Welcome to the Vegas Voice Podcast Network. The Vegas Voice, the voice for your health, wealth, and good times, and Nevada's most powerful senior media resource. I'm John the Announcer, and happy to introduce the various Vegas Voice segments and interviews that you can also find in our magazine, on our websites, and YouTube channel. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy listening to the Vegas Voice. Hi, everyone. This is Diane Sabis Hahn with more memories from days gone by. You know, it's been decades since I was a teenager, but occasionally I'll hear a song and memories float back. Love Me Tender, Blue Suede Shoes, the Billboard magazine's weekly ratings saw Elvis gyrate and croon his handsome self to stardom, much to the chagrin of parents throughout the land. We went to dances at the Y on Friday or Saturday nights. Well, okay, it was more like swaying than dancing, but the four aces were singing moments to remember. Then the big boppers Chantilly Lace and Bill Haley and the Comets rock around the clock reverberated through the speakers. We grabbed a friend and began to jitterbug. When I was in high school, the jukebox industry boomed. An astounding number of nickels, dimes, and quarters were fed into those incredible machines. They were stacked with 45 RPM records that rotated when you put your money in. Red and yellow lights beckoned you to walk over and browse, and hardly anyone could resist the hip parade of the day. Do you and your friends make a beeline for the soda shop after school? We did. There was no room to dance that was reserved for American Bandstand with Dick Clark, so popular in the late 50s. Our hangout was called the Milk Bar, and it had red leather booths with table-side jukeboxes, a soda counter, and dozens of teenagers. We never sat at the counter. We squeezed six of us into one booth, ordered French fries, and drank cherry Cokes with peanuts floating in them. Then we plied the jukebox with our allowance money. Teenage girls with swinging ponytails giggled and gossiped and eyed their local heartthrobs. The boys usually congregated by the front door and showed off. Then we went steady, holding hands and sneaking kisses. I had to wear a uniform to school, a navy blue tunic with a white blouse. On weekends, my uniform consisted of bobby socks, white bucks, one of my father's oversized white shirts worn with the collar turned up, and pedal pushers, pants that ended below the knees. Do you remember poodle skirts, crinolines, and ducktail haircuts? What about navy blue trench coats? We wore them rain or shine. And headscarves, crisscrossed under the chin and tied in the back. We wore our cardigans back to front, too. The buttons done up the back. We thought it was chic. Saturdays were spent with my girlfriends shopping at the local Woolworths. I bought go-go pink lipstick and evening in Paris cologne in a little blue bottle. And how many quarters did I stuff into those phone booths posing for a strip of black and white pictures at the five and dime? Television was coming into focus. Every TV had rabbit ears scrunched with tinfoil on the tips to better the fuzzy reception on their tiny black and white screens. We watched with the lights off, and there was no such thing as a remote control. 
I suppose we didn't need one when all we had were three channels. My father guided, and my in the my father guided what we watched, and when he wanted to switch, I got up to change the channel. Thank goodness there were only three, or I would have been permanently seated by the TV knobs. We looked forward to the Ed Sullivan Show every Sunday night, and we laughed till our sides hurt at Carol Burnett and I Love Lucy. 21 was the top quiz show of the time. Two players competed to answer difficult questions. Secluded in soundproof booths, the contestants pondered and thought about their answers as suspenseful music played in the background. The audience held their collective breaths. Charles Van Doren, a handsome English instructor at Columbia University, became famous on his way to winning $129,000. Imagine, that was a fortune in those days. Then a rival contestant spilled the beans and told the world and the New York District Attorney's Office that the show was a fake. The contestants were primed with answers until their popularity waned. The gold-plated quiz shows dipped and fizzled. Time exploded faster than I knew. My teen years ended, a bridge to forever. This is Diane Sibis Hahn. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time when I dust off more memories and remember the days gone by. (laughs) ¶¶